Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Because you're listening today, I want to give you a gift. It is my six-step blueprint to living alcohol-free. This is what I've used, the steps that I've taken (laughs) without AA, so that way I can live a healthy, sober life. Text the word GIFT at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's GIFT at 1-855-649-6196. Enjoy today's show. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have here Deshama. <laughs> she is amazing. She is a yoga, health, and happiness expert with books, DVDs, and online training programs distributed worldwide. She is the founder of Prana Shama Yoga Institute, leading 200 and 500 hour level yoga teacher trainings and retreats globally. Creator of the 30 day yoga challenge, Deshama is a trendsetter. Having initiated the global online yoga challenge movement starting in 2008, Deshama was a featured speaker for International Day of Happiness at the United Nations in 2016 and has worked with Fortune 500 companies, including Nike, Global Leadership Summit, and Sony Motion Picture Studios. She has appeared on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, Discovery Channel, as well as in fitness, shape, self, Cosmo, Teen Vogue, and the Wall Street Journal, just to name a few. Her style of yoga is both healing and transformational, accessible for all levels of practitioners. The practices are focused on restoring the body to a perfect balance of strength and flexibility while relieving all pain to achieve a state of inner peace, clarity, and joy. Often referred to as the Anthony Robbins of yoga, her training programs also focus on releasing past traumas, addictions, mental, emotion, and physical blocks to access the infinite potential that exists within you. Wow. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Just wanted to, my name is pronounced Dashima, but some people call me Dasha if it's hard to remember the pronunciation. So yeah, one more time, Dashima. Dashima, yeah, but you can call me Dasha. My grandmother used to call me Dasha and I like that. Dasha, oh, that's a very beautiful name. (laughs) So I just call you Dasha. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, so if you can just share a little bit about yourself and your journey into becoming this wonderful yoga teacher and happiness expert. (laughs) You know, it's funny about the happiness part, because I remember my first book I read by the Dalai Lama was, it was in college, I remember picking up a book, and he's written many books about happiness and joy. And uh, it was a kind of initial glimpse into really what is true happiness, because I grew up with a lot of trauma as a child, my, my mother lost her mind when I was seven, she became schizophrenic and um, a drug and alcohol induced. And so my sisters and I ended up growing up in foster care. And we just had a lot of trauma growing up. Many, many things happen. I won't go into all the detail. But basically, fast forward, you know, because the early part of your life is really where you're in the formative stage of developing your relationship to life, your relationship to safety, feeling secure, feel, you know, all of these things that make us who we become as adults. So years later, I started really seeking, you know, ways to find that joy within, because I would get into these patterns, like workaholism has been a big one, where I would just like, I would have a full time job. And then I had a second part time business. So I worked 20 hours a day, burning myself out, 
in college, you know, and just early on, like trying to somehow prove my worth through my actions or through my attainments. And it was interesting. So I won a lot of awards in college. I won the student of the year award. And I just was always kind of like overachiever. But then life would like have some huge catastrophic tragedy sort of like put me on my knees and make me have to really look at my, my life and how I had been living. And so, for example, when I was 18, I got hit by a car and the car was going 45 miles per hour and I was riding my bicycle and I got T-boned. So long story short, I ended up on a stretcher and a neck brace and all these things. And, and I ended up getting scoliosis from this impact of this accident. And the doctors all said, there's nothing you can do you know, and you'll just have to like live with it and go, go to chiropractic to manage the pain. And so I was going along like that for several years until one day, actually, I had always been practicing yoga, but I, I, I came along a yoga teacher who said she had healed her scoliosis, her spine with yoga. And I'm always the type of person that was like, if anyone, if it's possible for even one other person, then it's possible for me. So that opened up a whole world of possibility around healing for my life and I I was already going to yoga and it was always very healing for me but I never saw yoga as like a potential career path or anything this was like back in the early 2000s like nobody made a full-time good living teaching yoga hardly but it was something that had always brought me a lot of peace so I remember I was going through this tragic like breakup with my boyfriend and I was super depressed and when I was 24 I went through this really dark night of my soul and I was doing a lot of soul searching. And I remember asking myself the question, like, what could actually bring me joy? Like what? Because I, I felt dead inside. I was so depressed. I had been working myself so much that I got into total work-related burnout and just lost all of my passion for life. And anyway, so I asked myself this question over and over until one day, I remember, well, I was like, well, I really like to be outside. I like to be moving. I was always like athletic. Uh, and I was like, and I really like to help people. I'd always been kind of a coach, like even for my boyfriends and my friends, I was always helping everyone, you know, with their problems. So anyway, I started being like, you know, it'd be really nice to do, do something with movement. So anyway, one day I Googled inner peace. I was looking for inner peace and I just Googled, how do you find inner peace? And I was guided to a yoga teacher training. And this was in my early 20s, uh, almost 18 years ago now. And and I remember I just went to this yoga teacher training. I had zero thought that I would become a teacher. But the actual experience of yoga teacher training transformed me on such a deep, fundamental level where I was, for the first time, able to access true, deep peace that was so profound and it lasted for hours at a time where I remember I was walking on the beach one day and I just was walking along and all that depression and the sadness and this trauma and all this heartbreak that I had been going through had just got like dissolved. And I remember just hearing like the sound of ohm and I'm just walking along the, the beach, you know, and, and it was just like the most deeply nourishing feeling of inner peace that I'd ever experienced. And I was so inspired to share this medicine with the world. You know, so I started like just telling everybody, like I was teaching yoga everywhere I could just to share this amazing gift. And uh, I ended up um, actually one of my clients that I was working with early on was a marketing expert. And he got, he like launched my YouTube channel in 2006. And I was one of the first people on YouTube teaching yoga. So anyway, I launched the first online yoga challenge in 2008 and it went viral and it reached millions of people. And, and that's really how it all got started. <laughs> like kind of a long story. Sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. YouTube. I just started experimenting with YouTube recently. <laughs> oh, nice. Amazing. And I love it. I love it. Yes. I'll have to check it out. Uh, check out your channel and do some of the yoga because I'm just starting to learn more about yoga. I 
like yourself, well, I was hit by a car too, but they weren't going 45 miles an hour. At least maybe they're going only 15, but still I've been wow. in six car accidents, none my fault, but from like whiplash from like cars hitting me from the side, everything, my whole spine was just messed up. And now I have degenerating discs and I'm constantly in pain, lower back pain. So I've been working with a yoga teacher. We've been trying to do like Kundalini yoga. Cause I'm trying to get more into like the spiritual aspect of my life and I've learned a lot already and I, I I'm feeling like I've reaching a point of enlightenment where you had that inner peace I I've discovered that inner peace and I just want to learn more and more about my spirit and who she is <laughs> yeah Amazing. yeah so I'm, I'm so happy that I'm speaking with you because you are the expert now I wanted to talk about you know we were talking about childhood traumas I've experienced childhood trauma as well I was actually molested from the ages of six to 12 years old and I I realized that I mean the psychologist was the first thing they asked is you know how was your childhood what are some ways that we can help our children what practices can we teach them to help them have a better mindset? I think there's two parts to your question. So I want to get more clarity. The first part was about you. And I want to acknowledge what you shared about your own childhood trauma, because that's, I think, first and foremost, I, I'd like to speak to that. And then I would love to share what I think we can do for the, for the children. of Absolutely. Today. Those are two separate topics in my mind. So yeah. hopefully, yeah. So I, you know, thank you for sharing that. I want to just mention like, that's very personal. And I feel that now more and more when I meet people, so many people had some kind of deep trauma when they were children. So it was not always molestation, but I mean, for me, it was different types of abuse, right? My mother was into alcohol and drugs. So she would give us alcohol and drugs when we were kids and little things like that. And also my mother, when, um, when we were, separated from her she used to call me because she was getting raped and she was in crack town and you know you you can't underestimate how much even just those words whatever your mother said to you whatever people around you when you were in the formative age and that's some people say it's till you're seven I really think it's literally never ending like there's no finishing of the formative years but there is kind of a window where it's like, you know, birth until let's say 14, something around where you are going to move into puberty after that. But those formative years, whatever happens to you in, in your environment, whatever you're exposed to, you're a sponge to that. And that's what shapes how we see the world. It's how it shapes our worldview. So when, for example, as a child, if you experienced molestation or sexual abuse, emotional abuse, any kind of trauma. Some people, to them, trauma was not getting the Barbie they wanted. I mean, there's different levels, right? But like when I work with people, typically it's the bigger issues, the ones that are like real deep, deep pain. And when you think about it, so what does it do when you look back on your inner child and you connect with that energy that she felt during those years right when she was experiencing that and what I always the number one thing is this feeling of lack of safety and in yoga we have what we call the chakras right so the chakras we have like different energy vortex like energies around our body and the first chakra this is the one that's forming when we were a kid so this is like the root chakra this is connected to our feeling of safety security our self-identity event, um, home, family, community, nourishment. And it doesn't surprise me that you told me you've been in six car accidents because I'll tell you, I was in probably, I think, five. Um, and the last one, I learned why. I had never understood why am I getting in all these accidents. And people, you know, like you said, they weren't even your fault, like you weren't even driving. Like, if you look on a soul level, why is the soul attracting this tragic near-death situation, right? So what happened was, my last accident, I was in Bali. This was about four, five years, maybe six years ago. I was driving a scooter, and I went to pass a truck because the truck, the smoke was in my face. I couldn't breathe. So I went to go around it, and there was a scooter coming this way. So it hit me head-on. And then I got thrown off the scooter and then another one behind me ran me over. So I got hit by two scooters. So I remember I was laying on the ground and I'm going to 
tie it back to you in a second so you can understand why we attract these things. What happened was I'm laying there screaming, crying. The woman who ran over me, she stopped. She got off her scooter. She came over, happened to be a Reiki practitioner. She started doing Reiki on my hand that she ran over. And then and she said to me something so profound. She said, you are so lucky. You must be surrounded by angels, you, you know. And And my first thought was, why didn't I die? So you see the contrast between where my mind went and where her mind saw of me and my situation was the opposite. Mine was what I would call an unconscious death wish. So what I realized, and you know what? I haven't been in any accident since this happened. And since mm-hmm. I had the light of awareness of why I had attracted five near-death car accidents. And it was this one thing. It's called an unconscious death wish. And I truly believe this is in our consciousness for myself. I'll give it why mine was, could be the same for you. I'm not sure. Is be, from this early child trauma and this feeling of not feeling safe. So having this like deep seated potential feeling of, I don't really want to be here in this world. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if you know your spiritual like soul that's infinite and eternal, being like, okay, I don't need to be in this world. I'm already infinite and eternal. What's the point of this world? Because this world is not safe. It's painful here, right? All of these things that are tied to that inner child trauma that's unresolved. So that was the first true understanding I ever received from why I had attracted all these near-death experiences. But when I had that awareness, it never happened again. So there's a saying, in the light of awareness, everything is healed. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful. Now, there's also sometimes you need to do additional work around it. So after that, I was so, like I had whiplash, right? So I had to do what I did, like you were saying, you're fasting. I did a 24 hours water fast. Mm-hmm. I listened to binaural frequency beats the full 24 hours. I laid on a bolster, like a yoga um, cushion thing, in like to open my spine back up. Mm-hmm. I did self massage and I did conscious breathing meditation for 24 hours. Wow. And it healed me completely. Wow. In 24 hours. I'm going to tell you, and three days later, I went and filmed 50 videos in three days uh, for a program that I was creating for an online program. And it was like, it was a huge aha realization that literally all of your pain, all of your suffering, even if you literally just almost died in a car accident, like it can dissolve so rapidly in the light of awareness. Everything is healed. You see? And then all I needed to do was that 24-hour little portal of clearing the trauma. And what happens is if you catch trauma really like early, like within, you know, the first 24 hours, well, it could be even within the first, let's say, three days or something. If you catch it very early and you do some really targeted practices, you can clear that trauma permanently, completely, and not have any of it set in. But if you don't clear it, it remains in you, in your physical body, in your consciousness, and you carry this feeling of, I'm not safe, this world is not safe, I don't really want to be here, energetically stays with you if you don't work on it. (laughs) Go in and actually clear it, heal it, love it, and let it go. So. I hope that answers that first question a little bit. Wow. Yes. And I need to take notes. So what you did is you fasted just water and then you did binaural beats, at like a certain frequency. Mm-hmm. I like and- to do either love or above. So it's somewhere between 500 to, you know, I like to go up to a thousand sometimes. Nice. And then also um, using a bolster just to open up the spine and then just doing breathing exercises. Breathing exercise is super important because the breathing exercises is not like um, I'm just breathing, right? It was deep, intentional, like to your belly, into your heart, and clearing, right? 
And the, when you go all the way to the belly and you expand into the heart, and the other part that I like to do is retention. So when you get into the heart and you hold it 30 seconds, even up to a minute, periodically, what you're doing is you're stretching the myocardial sheath. This is the like muscles around the heart. So what happens when we get into a trauma or an impact is everything shrinks up and tightens, right? That's why we get whiplash. That's why we get tight. It's because everything goes, <gasps> and it, it's like, oh, we got to protect ourselves. We might get, you know, more pain. So everything shrinks and tightens. So you have to do the opposite, right? Whatever that is, like, relax, open, relax, trust, relax, breathe, relax, let go. And it's literally just the opposite of, of that trauma, right? And especially if it's an impact trauma. But this works also with like any kind of trauma, like if you got in a big breakup or your dog died, it's just your whole energy and your your physical muscles and everything shrink, tightens and constricts and contracts. And so working with the energy of relaxing and feeling safe is really kind of the antidote to that, right? And so like going into like, I'm safe, sometimes it can bring up those deeper things that I was talking about, like the inner child and stuff. Cause then you look at the root of why did I attract this accident or, you know, this situation right now, what is it trying to tell me? And in my first book that I wrote journey to joyful, I have a whole section on this and it's, it's all about how the messages of your body. So there's like this philosophy of psychosomatic healing, are you familiar with that? I've heard of it. Yes. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, it's one of my, it's it's so interesting. And there was a, a book that I read when I first started to be a healer, like 18 years ago, by this doctor, Michael Lincoln. He wrote this huge 700 page physician's desk reference manual. And it has all of the different ailments that you could ever suffer from, right? Like pain in the neck on the left side or... <laughs> lockjaw or you're getting migraines or like uh your left hip or whatever the thing is and it, it's like it, it's written in a way that you can like look it up the exact thing and then even it comes down to which side is it on if it's on the left or the right and it tells you like it showed me and I learned exactly why your soul is giving you this specific pain and what does that actually mean and what is the message because your pain is nothing more than a message from your soul so for example and this was the aha for me when I learned about this uh, was the idea that your soul is always speaking to you right so sometimes it's speaking lovely things it's like hey you know like you you got this but sometimes it's speaking like you need to, it's like a red flashing light. Like you need to look at this. We need to heal this. We need to address this situation right here. So the way that they describe it is that when it, when your soul starts speaking to you, it speaks in like a whisper. It's a whisper in your dreams. Mm. You ever have a dream and you're like, wonder what that meant. And then you just go about your life, but you don't really look too far into it. Right. So if you don't catch the meaning in that first whisper in your dreams, what happens is comes back later a little louder, maybe in your waking dream, right? Like you're walking along or sitting there and you get this louder kind of like voice saying something. And what do we usually do? We ignore it. This is the human dilemma. Why do we ignore that voice? This, is, this needs to be looked at because it's <laughs> guidance that we're always getting is this voice. And if you don't listen, and I can guarantee you probably have those experiences. I know I have where you heard the voice. Oh, yeah. And listen, later you suffered and you look back and said, ah, I remember hearing that voice and I didn't listen. <laughs> you go through life like that. So anyway, then if you don't listen with the voice, when it whispers, it goes a little louder. Then it's like a pain, an ache. And then if you don't listen, it's like a chronic pain, a bigger ache. And if you don't listen still, it can turn into fatality, right? That's like the end, like the soul didn't want to listen. It's over. Right. We call that a do-over. It's like, okay, you didn't want to like listen in this life. So the soul has to like move on to like hopefully another vessel that's going to be more responsive. <laughs> <laughs> Not to laugh, but you know, it is. Kind of I, I know what you mean. <laughs> like 
<laughs> Dang it, buddy. Yeah. You suck. Bye. <laughs> so that's when you see people, they die from cancer, for example. I've, mm. I've met this woman recently. She had colon cancer and she was having Coca-Cola and like everything that's the opposite of healing. Like cancer feeds off of sugar and all of these things. She was smoking cigarettes all day long. And cancer is not going to be nourished by smoking cigarettes, right? She And she was doing chemo. So it was like, basically, it was obvious that she didn't have a very strong will to live, right? If you know what you should be doing, and then you're doing the opposite, uh, right? You're basically, you're asking to be done here and to move on. So, So basically, we get these messages. And it can be something like you were saying, you're having pain in your back, right? So we can look to that and we could even talk about your situation if you want to, but basically yeah. how you can really pinpoint, this is what I learned. I was been a healer for 18 years. And this is one of the biggest things that I learned is that you're almost like a, a doctor, like an energy medical doctor, the way I see it, because you can get really specific, right? Because where's your pain? We'll, we'll talk about that for a second. Oh yeah. yeah. So my sacrum. It's on your sacrum, like yeah, the sacrum area, the tailbone, um, just right, right there where the tailbone is. Did you yeah. ever fall or anything, or was there, or was it from these car accidents? You think? Uh, probably from the car accidents, but you know, I had such a reckless lifestyle, you know, drinking. So I was an alcoholic for many, many years. Now almost six years sober. Um, I've fallen. I've numbed myself so much. Like who knows what my body has gone through? Probably a lot of damage. Wow. Okay. So you know, it's fascinating because. Okay, I'll tell you, what happens is this, you have this general energy, right? We'll call that your root chakra. First chakra, that's where your sacrum is, right? So your sacrum is your tailbone. And if you're having this pain there, it tells me it's something related to your root chakra. Now, you already told me that you have very, you know, deep trauma from the inner child of of when you were six to 12. So my first intuition, because you did tell me that, is that it's definitely related to that. Now, with that being said, there's two sides to it, right? There's the medical community that would say like, oh, it's very physical, right? Right. And then the spiritual community, which will say, well, it's also metaphysical. It's emotional. It's your inner child. It's psychosomatic. So there's both. I don't believe one or the other is the only way. I think that there's both, right? Mm -hmm. One you, you can heal yourself from the outside in or from the inside out. I think doing the work on both sides is the fastest route, right? So, mm. for example, uh, when I had the scoliosis, I was having a lot of pain in my upper back. And so what I was doing was I was getting um, chiropractic twice a week. I was getting massages once or twice a week. And I was doing yoga every day. And even with that, though, it was still only improving, you know, as, as good as it was, it wasn't miraculous overnight healing, right? And so it wasn't until I started getting deeper into really getting to understand where's the origin of this pain, because for me, it was in the upper back. So it was like the back of my heart. So it was like all this trauma of my heart. So like, as I was healing that, as I was releasing that, it was getting better and better. And I noticed it was like, when I would get a massage, and she would release some big knot, and then I would feel better and better. And then it was like, leading me to finally when I met this one healer actually and he did this really unique treatment that straightened my spine and that was like the final healing and it had taken years though because I had been working through all of those layers of the story of the pain of the sort of like all the stuff in the back of my heart chakra and so as those were healing as those were releasing then it was actually leading me to be more ready for the true final physical healing. And then when I got the, my spine fully aligned and the scoliosis was completely healed after that, it was in perfect timing because your soul will only put you in front of the solution for your problem when you're ready. When now, you're every ready. now and again, you get it in front of you and you're not ready. You just don't even see it. That's a, that's, I'm sure you've had that happen, perhaps. I mean, I know I have, like, you right. were ready. And 15 years later, it comes back around and you're like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Why wasn't I ready? But whatever. We choose, that's called free will, right? We choose if we're ready. But, like, ultimately, 
here you are in front of me. So it's probably something in you. Is <laughs> right. right. That's right. my interest. So I'm happy Always. for you. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm ready because I'm speaking to you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, you wouldn't have manifested me if it, if you weren't ready. <laughs> totally right. I know because like what's interesting is because I um just recently I was doing another podcast and. It was funny because she's from Boca Raton and I think you were talking about Boca Raton once and she was also in foster, uh, she was in foster care as well. And then you were in foster care. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. (laughs) They're both like (laughs) helping people, healing people as well. Like, okay, these two ladies are so aligned. Like, I'm good that I've seen them. So I'm like, there's something going on here. (laughs) Somehow manifestation is working. (laughs) The conditions are set. It definitely does. You know, and I've, I've seen it every time. Like literally you always, attract exactly what you need it's not always what you want and it's not always like whatever it's literally whatever you need like god is always providing you know and if we're if we're either open and we're we're open and receptive to healing i do believe that there's a divine plan for our life and all of the pain that we go through is actually preparation for us to live in our full purpose and when i look at all the trauma that i experienced during the time of it I felt like why does God hate me and then later when it forced me to become strong and forced me to become like a psychic healer and forced me to be so motivated to heal other people that I was able to reach 100 million people with my message it forced me because I had so much pain I was like the only thing that made me feel better was to help other people and I think that that's the purpose of it it's like there there's no other motivator like for example i had a a friend he he was i have a lot of friends like this i'll just say but anyway this one friend he's like a trust fund guy like perfect family pretty much you know and he's super not motivated to do much because he doesn't need to he has so much money he doesn't have he drove a rolls royce through college you know what i mean he just never had to work Um, So he doesn't have a deep drive to do something big. I mean, he's done some things, but he's never done anything that was significant or tremendously impactful for the world. And I really feel that there has to be something inside that happens to us that makes us be like, I'm going to help people. I'm going to alleviate the suffering of the world. And it comes usually from our own suffering. So then when we see it that way, we can say, ah, what a blessing. All that suffering was not for nothing. (laughs) That's right. And that's so true because, you know, here I suffered and I always wonder why I never really blacked out. I've only blacked out one time in my life. And that was like my 22nd birthday. And then the rest of the time until like age 34, I was aware of everything that was going on never blacked out but I I was strong (laughs) but there was a reason why I didn't black out it's because I can share my story how what what experiences that I experienced and just to share and give like hey you know (laughs) I've been there too yeah and it's it's incredible that we and then we're actually grateful for what we've experienced because I was like you know what thank goodness I actually experienced what I experienced because I wouldn't be where I'm at now which is helping women you know in their sobriety journey exactly that's what I'm saying like literally your biggest pain is always leading to your purpose yes and the people that have the most pain have the biggest purpose that's what I'm trying to say and everybody experienced pain so everybody you know has something but there are some people that get dragged through the coals (laughs) and when you've been dragged through cold you know it and that is something that motivates to help others through that because that's where compassion is born, you know, and you really feel, I want to help others so they don't have to go through that. And it's such a unifying energy to have been through it and to be able to help other people through their journey of suffering, whatever, to come out of it, to see the beauty, to find the purpose through it. And to be that, I always think of it like a torch bearer, you know, like in the Olympics, the guy in the front is carrying this huge torch. And that's what you are, you know, when you've been through your journey and then you say, wow, I got to help you. You don't have to suffer alone. Like I did. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. My, my seven-year-old and I have a stepson who's nine and then I have a 15-year-old. He just turned 15. And wow. with the little ones, um, 
we all actually did some breathing exercises. It is the hypno breath work where you breathe through the belly into the heart and then release. And it was guided by a lady, you know, her name is Daisy Mack. And she, it's, she has this nice, beautiful, like British voice. And so it's always like so calming and soothing. But we're all in the in their room with my husband as well. And we'll lay on the mat and then we're doing these breathing exercises. And I'm trying to get them into a practice of breathing because for me, I suffered a lot of anxiety. I didn't know how to breathe. My anxiety was all like hyperventilating. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> That was like the only breathing I knew is from like these panic attacks. But I think, I think, I think they really actually loved it because one, the uh, older one who was like, wow, I know what goals I'm going to set for this. <laughs> He's talking about goals. He was talking about how he loved it, how he appreciated it. I'm like, wow, that's great. But then the other one was like, I don't want to breathe. <laughs> that's so, uh, lazy yeah I know. Like, oh. I've worked with a lot of kids some of them get into it because it's fun but the, the one that's lazy they don't like doing it but that's just like adults but you know what's fun about kids is you can make it more fun for them and they'll get into it so you just gotta make it more into a game you know like give oh. them prizes or something you know like because <laughs> when I was a kid I remember we used to do breathing exercises I, I don't know if you did this but like we would go in the pool and I have sisters, so we would like compete, like who could hold their breath the longest, right? And then that was a breathing exercise. So we was holding the breath like one minute underwater. And then, you know, it was, you don't have a prize, you know, you're just like whoever wins is the best. But like, ultimately, like you got to make things fun for kids if they're lazy. If they're not lazy, they're going to find fun in everything. So you don't have to work as hard. But the lazy kids, you have to give it, like make it kind of more into a game. And then they will get into it. Because then That's it motivates right like a different part in them but once they get into it they really can feel the difference and one thing that's so nice because I work with uh, a whole initiative called children of the future and we've been uh, working with the art of living foundation and a number of different partners bringing yoga and meditation into schools and there's like even tons of research about this at Harvard and Stanford and Yale and all of these high-level universities have proven with research the tremendous healing benefits of breath work and yoga even mantras and different types of practices of yoga and especially for children right now who are suffering from so many mental health issues and ADHD and OCD and trauma PTSD and specifically ADHD is one of the biggest ones but also depression anxiety I mean the list goes on and on so once we realize everybody's facing some kind of we'll call it health challenge mental health challenge that like to really get everybody to understand a few breathing practices a few little techniques that can calm their emotions center their mind and get more focused and to be able to operate their life right so these are like i think fundamentals that should be taught in every school but for whatever reason it's not yet although we do have the programs in 10,000 schools in the u.s um so we're about 10% there, but ultimately my vision for the future is that we would get this, these programs in every single school in the U.S. and in the whole world, because I think it's fundamental information that children need in order to live life, and they're not teaching it. The other place that needs to be taught is like you're saying, at home. So people like yourself uh, with children, it's just such a wonderful thing to hear that you're bringing that into your home, because that's really where it all starts. And when you have a healthy person like yourself, the head of the household leading and being a role model for the children and then giving them these types of gifts uh, to teach them breath work and meditation and yoga and things like that in the early years. That's when we're setting ourselves up for having a beautiful and bright future for humanity. So I want to just thank you for, for doing that. Yeah, <laughs> no, and it's, just, it's a good, it's like a family time too. We're good. We just went out hiking not like two days ago. It was another fasting day. So me and my husband were like, Oh man, <laughs> Uh -huh. This is what we're definitely challenged. Um, but, you know, they love nature. And then I just want them to, like, explore their spirit. I, and I, I try to tell them, like, no screen time. I said, it's Kaka TV, okay? You're not going to learn anything here unless, you know, maybe they're on your YouTube channel. They're doing some meditation or something like that. But besides that, it's like Kaka cartoon. And what's nice is that they're loving to be together as a family. We do have a family prayer. We have it set for 8 o'clock p.m. all the time. Uh, the, the phone goes off and we'll be on our hands and knees in a little circle is praying you know what we're grateful for what we love and then one time the little one the lazy one <laughs> didn't want to do the breathing exercises what was good about him and he was like 
um, we missed Bible study for some reason. The alarm went off or we didn't hear it or any, something happened. So he's like, we need to do Bible study. I'm like, Bible study and then prayer. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> so we were uh-huh. doing that. So just to get into the spirit and just being together and connected and just appreciate what, what we have, you know, and we don't have much, but we're so happy. Like, I feel like I'm so overjoyed. And so I have an abundance. I feel like I have an abundance. I don't live in a mansion. I don't, it doesn't matter. Like I told my husband the other day, I could live in a cardboard box outside. And you know what? I think I'd be very darn happy living out there. That's the number one thing. Cause you know, we were talking about the happiness expert thing. Like when I was speaking at Stanford and I actually spoke at the International Day of Happiness at the UN as well. And, you know, like the fundamentals of what makes people happy is, is backwards. Like people think that certain external material wealth or things, material possessions, even accolades or awards, people think that those will make you happy. And, and my, one of my favorite quotes is actually by Jim Carrey when he talks about, he's like, I would like everyone to be a millionaire just so they can all know it's not it. It's not it. Like everybody that I know that's extraordinarily wealthy and happy, the reason they're happy is not because they're wealthy. In fact, sometimes the wealth makes it more stress, right? So as long as you, there's like studies that have been done, like as long as you have your needs met and you can live comfortably, like to have the things like food and whatnot, like it's only marginal amount of happiness that can be gained after that, right? So it's like, okay, now I can be in a private plane instead of first class or whatever. So it goes up, but it's, it's like marginal after a certain point. So they call it the law of diminishing return. So basically though, this intrinsic feeling of happiness, it almost always comes from gratitude. Literally appreciating what you do have. And that's actually one of the secrets to long-term health and happiness is appreciating what you do have and it's one of the secrets to attracting more is also like because the universe is kind of like oh she's appreciating what she has let's give her more (laughs) and generally that's part of what creates a spiral of abundance even you know in the material ways as well so that's so beautiful thank you for sharing that oh yes gratitude is like one of our one of our things we have to be grateful for what we have and right now we're trying to have a grow a garden and so we're having tomatoes grow with strawberries. We're just trying to like be resourceful. I love that. Yeah. You live in Canada? Or where do you live? I, oh, I live in California in the Bay Area. Oh, oh no way. Oh, I'm actually in San Francisco right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm in San Jose. Amazing. Oh, yeah. we'll have to see each other while I'm Yes, studying. yes. And I met the Four Seasons. I'm in Silicon Valley and I work there as a massage therapist as well. And um, and so I'm constantly, and I have a question for you because I noticed that after work, when I've had a full day of massaging random people, <laughs> my body, my mind is not like the same. And I, am I picking up energies from them? And how do I release those energies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> before you I get home. Clear it up. Well, there are, they call it cords. I mean, there's a lot of different things that happen when you're touching people, right? So even if you weren't doing massage, just being in a room with people, you can kind of start to absorb their energy. But if you are touching them, it's even more, right? So there's layers to it. And uh, definitely energy clearing practices. Like there's a whole ritual that you should be doing where it's like sage and then cutting the cords and clearing every energy from anybody that you touch always every day and especially you know before you come home before you come into your space because you bring all that with you and and sometimes it lingers you know and energy is just like that it just like can be transferred even in your crystals like if you have crystals in your house like I noticed the other day I did my EMF reader on the crystals and and one of them was like really high in EMFs like they're so absorbent And we are like that. We are like crystals in that way. We carry whatever we come into exposure um, becomes absorbed into our energy field. So definitely another thing that can really help is water. So like just jumping in the ocean or just take a shower or bath, but breath with some sage and some cord cutting and like a little prayer of, you know, thank you, divine energy for clearing my field and restoring me to perfect divine energy you know something simple like that can bring you know the kind of clearing so there's different ways of doing it but I definitely recommend anybody who's a healer anybody who's a even people that are just mothers anything like you don't have to be a healer 
But if you're around children event or around lots of people, always be clearing your energy. And it's just a, a way, to, it's like called energy hygiene. <laughs> Love that. Energy hygiene. <laughs> I yeah. remember that. I remember that. I need to get some sage now. <laughs> yeah, definitely do it. Yeah. yeah. So- Oh, I was going to say, I wanted to ask about the the simple daily rituals that can transform your entire life, because I really wanted to know. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, I love that. You know, there there's a lot, actually different ones. So, but I'll mention a few that I think are really powerful. One of them is actually my friend wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. And uh, I have this also as a video series on my, in my app, uh, in the Flow State app. People can get the app actually for free. It's the flowstate.app. Um, but anyway, so basically it's a, a morning ritual. So waking up early is the key to it is getting up like 30 minutes to an hour early. And then it's like 10 minutes of journaling, 10 minutes of reading something inspiring, 10 minutes of breath work, 10 minutes of meditation and 10 minutes of yoga, like movement or dancing, but something that moves your energy. And the journaling should be a few things at least starting out with of what you're grateful for. And then it can be moving into a vision for your day. So this is a super beautiful and simple morning ritual that is just wonderful way to start the day. Uh, another really nice ritual that I really enjoy is my meditation practice. So I started working on it. We're going to be releasing a new product actually for this to help people get into it. Cause I noticed you need a little catalyst to get that motivation. But so basically we ha- we're going to be launching these little bracelets and they're so awesome. And this, this style is actually really cool because it has lava stones and on the lava stones, you put essential oil on there. Mm-hmm. So you, you take a breath for, you know, to bring in the new energies as part of an energy clearing meditation. But the key is there are eight beads and then the square one. So eight beads and then the square one. So you do eight breaths and then take a deep breath of the oil. You do eight breaths and then take another one. And basically you can do one round. You can do two rounds, however many rounds you have time for. One round is like a minute, right? So it's a way to just implement breath, meditation, centering, focus, breathing into your heart, breathing into your belly, prayer, gratitude all in one in like a easy to implement throughout your day kind of practice and we have different styles of this we're gonna have like crystals turquoise I have a rose quartz ones pearl style and then this is kind of the one that we did for men because yeah. I wanted to make something for men because it's really a and then this is a, a sort of a, a symbol that we're including in this one with the men and I have a gold one for women but it, this is a symbol. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but it, it's beautiful though. It's a, it's called the tree of life. And this is a sacred geometry symbol that represents drawing the infinite down into the finite, meaning the spirit into the physical and then the physical into the eternal. So it's this cycle of energy that we have in relationship to the universe. And when we connect to that energy, we can be more empowered, more inspired more connected uh to the field of existence and then that nourishes us it gives us abundance there's so many good things so this comes actually from uh kabbalah uh which is a mystical path but basically the kabbalah it's it's really just a a path of understanding that we are one with the universe or god consciousness that that energy is light and love and if we connect to light and love And we live our life to be of service to make the world a better place with our energy, then all of our needs will always be met as well. So that's the philosophy behind this. Bracelets don't all come with the necklace, but this is a project that I'm working on. And we're going to be raising funds with these bracelets for the Bright Future Foundation, which is our initiative with the children and, and the schools and this whole thing that we're doing also with the veterans in the military and so we're doing this huge initiative to help solve the mental health crisis and we're going to be launching these bracelets pretty soon so this is a little that will be we don't have it available yet but it'll be at brightfuture.org in the next couple weeks they're so beautiful and what a beautiful cause too yes um i remember when i was driving by and you know he was i was a homeless man and i was at the stoplight and he was walking with this sign and you know said he was a veteran 
And I just, you know, I wanted to give him some money, but I said, you know what? Thank you for your service. And he's like, no one's ever said that to me. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> I know it just like made him feel so much better. And I just, of course, you know, I, I love veterans because. <laughs> the other day about veterans, by the way, because now I'm working with the VA and we're going to, we actually are going to be able to accept the education stipend from the VA and from the Department of Defense for our yoga trainings. So that's something, if anybody in your audience has military and their family or in their, um, like you can be a spouse, a family member, or they can be in the military and they can transfer their education stipend to take our yoga teacher training, become a certified yoga teacher, and the VA will pay for it completely. But one of the people from the VA was saying the other day, said, besides for saying thank you for your service, you should say after that, is there anything I can do? Mm. help you because a lot of them are struggling with their mental health or the, many different things so that's why we're doing this initiative with the va like actually over 30 percent of all veterans are are diagnosed with ptsd mm-hmm. but i think 100 percent are probably actually have some trauma right. um the yoga is the number one solution for that so we've been really focusing also on the veterans so i'm super excited to be able to offer our teacher training certification programs to them and people can find out more about that at flowstate.yoga that's my school uh, the flow state institute and that's where we certify yoga teachers and energy healers um so yeah i'm super excited about being able to serve the veterans in this way that's amazing i will have all of the links in the show notes for the listeners but i just want to say i appreciate you coming on today is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience I'm just grateful to meet you. I, I Hopefully some of what we share today can be healing and helpful for your life, the journey that you're on, and also your friends and family and our listeners, whoever's needed of this wisdom and this information today, hopefully it heals you and brings you joy. And if you, you know, you can find me on all the social platforms, um, but if you ever need anything, feel free to reach out as well on my website. And I'm always available to try to help in any way that I can. And I also have a free seven-day flow state challenge for people who want to try yoga and meditation. Um, It's at the the flowstate.app. It's in our app. You can download the app for free. Or you can go to dashama.org forward slash flow, F-L-O-W, and they can also get the the videos there. Well, thank you, Dashama. I appreciate you and all you do. Any blessings. So nice to meet you. Namaste. Namaste. I want to give a shout out to Feedspot. They recognized my show as being on the 50 Best Women's Sobriety Podcasts. I'm super excited about that and I couldn't have done it without you. I also want to introduce my new mini course. It is called Overcoming Challenges. So if you're having difficulty in everyday life with things happening that are unexpected or you're like, how do I handle this? I have the tool. (laughs) I will leave those links in the show notes. And if you are wanting to be part of my newsletter, make sure you text the word SHINE, that's S-H-I-N-E at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's 1-855-649-6196. Please make sure you leave a five-star review if this podcast is for you. Love you.